I just want to read the first four verses of Colossians chapter 3. This is God's Word. Let us hear Him. If then you have been raised with Christ, seek the things that are above where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things that are above, not on things that are on earth. For you have died, and your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. Thus the reading of God's word for this morning. May he be pleased to bless the hearing and the reading, and may he be pleased to change our lives from within by his word. The Bible says to seek and you shall find. Of course, the scripture is talking there about seeking those things that are good and and right, and those are the things that God will bring uh, to you as you seek after them. But that's true of most everything, uh, isn't it, in life? You seek a wife or a husband, and uh, you hope that you will find one. Uh, You seek a job, and usually you're successful in that. Uh, You seek good grades in school. If you really seek after that, uh, you will probably be successful in that. You seek a good church, and God has led you to this church, a good church that uh, he has Uh, been building for many years, and I know you're thankful to be a part of this congregation. But some of the things that we seek for are somewhat uh, elusive. Uh, Financial security, uh, true love, peace, joy, patience. And we all want these things. And depending on how and where we seek after them goes the measure of our success. Right now, this congregation is seeking a resolution to a very difficult and hard-to-understand pastoral situation. I hope that as you seek that resolution, you will listen to what Paul is saying here in Colossians chapter 3. For Satan would delight in destroying your pastor. Satan would delight in destroying this congregation. But the gates of hell cannot stand up against the church of Jesus Christ. Paul tells you how to go forward as the church of Jesus Christ. You go in victory in this book of Colossians is about putting aside worldly voices and worldly principles and patterns and putting on the Lord Jesus Christ. The first thing you have to do here is to recognize who you are in Christ. You see that at the very beginning of this passage. If you are raised with Christ, right off the bat, Paul puts before Uh, You here and me a condition, if we will hear this word, if you are raised with Christ, 
If you are alive from the spiritually dead, if that is true, if you're alive, you were dead in your trespasses and sins. You were under the wrath and curse of God. And you would have perished in that condition if something hadn't happened within you. If something had not been done in your heart to give you spiritual life. In a word, you were born again by the power of God's Spirit. And that's pure grace, dear people. God gave you a new life. You became united to Christ. And Paul says here in Colossians that union with Christ means that you first died with Christ. And then secondly, you became alive with him. Look back at chapter 2 and verse 12. Having been buried with him in baptism. Outward baptism is a sign of an inward work of God's spirit. I hope you understand that. The spiritual baptism by his uh, spirit, having been buried with him in baptism, you were also raised with him through faith in the powerful working of God. If you're alive from the dead, it's because of the powerful working that God has accomplished in your heart. And that's what going back to Colossians 3 and verse uh, 3 means. You died at the cross. You have died and now you are alive in Christ. Some of you may know Dr. Mike Milton. He's uh, president of Reformed Theological Seminary in Charlotte, North Carolina. When he first heard the, uh, the, the message that we're saved by grace through faith, and that not of ourselves, it's a gift uh, of God, he said, this is what happened. I was spiritually arrested, tried, and found guilty of self-righteousness, and yet so crushed that I knew all I wanted was his forgiveness and grace. I prayed to receive him by grace in my heart right then, with words which I cannot remember, but words which shot up in my heart silently, like a geyser erupting from years of searching and a lifetime of pain. Can some of you relate to that? In a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, Jesus Christ broke through the fog of my thinking, the darkness of my soul, the deadness of my heart, to bring me his truth that we are saved by grace through faith, and that not of ourselves. All of grace, dear people. Brought to life from the deadness of sin. And that in the soul of a man who was a lay preacher and a Sunday school teacher. So it's not a light thing here for Paul to say, if you have been raised with Christ. For only those who are united uh, with Christ in his death have also been raised with him. And I ask you today, is that what you are? Alive in Christ because of your union with him in his death and his life. 
If that's who you are in Christ, then Paul has two words for you here in this text, which should be your joy to obey. I hope you see them. The words are seek and set. Seek and set. Paul says here, if you are alive from the spiritually dead, then you must seek the things which are above. You know, when I read this, I said, well, the natural thing to ask is, what am I to seek? If I'm seeking those things are above, what does that mean to seek those things which are above? We could seek to see uh, Jesus as our high priest and see him as the one who is constantly making intercession uh, for us. We could seek to see him as that one who is preparing that place for us that John 14 uh, talks about. He's gone to prepare a place for us. We could see him as the prophet who is always instructing the church through his word and through his ministers. We could seek him as the one who is coming again, which verse 4 talks about. When Christ, who is your life, appears, he's coming again someday. We could, with much profit, meditate upon those things above. But Paul would have... Each of us today see Jesus in a particular way in this passage of Scripture. And that is to see him as our king. What does he say here? Seek Christ who is seated at the right hand of God. Isn't that the picture that we need to see here today that Jesus is our king The one whom we are to seek, he is seated on his throne. All the work that the Father gave him to do, he's done it. And that cry from the cross has said, it's finished. The work that the Father has given me to do, I have done. The penalty for your sin and for mine has been paid. God's justice has been fully satisfied. Paradise regained and therefore that cry from the cross to that thief that was on the right side who suddenly after having cursed Jesus suddenly his eyes are open and he says Lord King remember me when you come into your kingdom and what Jesus say today you shall be with me in paradise Paradise has been regained. If you were to die today, would you be in that place your king has gained for all who truly believe in him? Is that what you are seeking this morning? A king who has purchased your pardon? A king who has, who has conquered all of his and our Enemies. Look back at verse 15 of chapter 2. He disarmed the rulers and authorities and put them to open shame by triumphing over them in, in him. A king who has subdued you and brought you to faith in him and to repentance from your dead works which will gain you nothing. 
may you see this king as you seek the things that are above. This king who is the lover of your soul. This king who invites you to experience in him what nothing else can accomplish. Joy and peace. Patience. Forgiveness. If that is your experience, if you have really experienced those things, you know that you are alive from the dead in Christ Jesus. And you are seeking him and finding him, then you're going to set your mind on things above. Verse 2, I've been seeking, I have found, and now I will set my mind on the things that are above. So we need to quit running after the worldly pleasures. Quit listening to the voices of this world. You are dead to these things. Quit focusing your attention on the ways of this world. Paul says, what worldly pleasures are to which you have died. If you look down in this passage in, in Colossians 3, look down at verse 5. These, these are the worldly pleasures that you are dead to. Sexual immorality, impurity, passion. I think that's passion after the things of this world. Evil desire, covetousness, which is idolatry, anger, wrath. Malice, slander, obscene talk, and lying. These things must not control those who are alive from the dead. Right? You died to these things in Christ. And so, if that's true, now experience the life that Christ has gained for you. Look further down in Colossians chapter 3 at verse 12. Experience these things. Let these things be that which flows by the Holy Spirit from you. Compassion, kindness, humility, meekness, patience, bearing with one another, forgiving each other as Christ has forgiven you. Put on love and let Christ's peace rule in your heart. Let Christ, let God's word rule in you. Can you do that? If you're alive from the dead, you can. If you're not alive from the dead, you can't. You can't live spiritually alive if you're spiritually dead. You can fool a man. Jesus said to the Pharisees one day, you, you speak well, but your heart's far from me. Remember that? Look at our hearts. Quit playing a game. Seek Christ. Let him fill, fill your soul today. Set your mind on him. Praise him who is your king, the one who is Lord of the church. Seek him as the one who will rule your decision 
that you will need to make next week concerning your pastoral relationship. Let your king direct your decision. And so as we come today seeking him, we come to the Lord's table to rejoice in this king who invites us that when we seek him, we're going to find him. And having found him, we're going to set our minds on him. We're going to remember him until he comes again. We're going to think upon all that he has done. And as our king, he's the one who rules us. He is the only one who can satisfy our souls. Your spouse can't satisfy your soul. Your friends can't satisfy your soul. But Jesus can. We want to come to him today as we seek him at the table to experience, because this is a means of grace, to experience his presence, to experience his forgiveness, to experience his love to us today. Amen? Amen. Let's pray. Father in heaven, we come to seek that one whom you have given to us, who alone can satisfy the deepest needs that we have, who alone can fill us with himself and give to us all that we need that will enable us to solve the the problems that we face, enable us, Lord, to experience the wonder of your forgiveness and your peace and your joy. And we thank you for what you do in Christ's name. Amen.